Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. Johnny, be good. Man, this thing even on. Testicles one, two. Testicles one, two. What's going on, all you beautiful bastards and all you beautiful people that have a father in your life? Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. I'm your host, that mildly housebroken, Corey Caesar. This is episode 41. And let me just start out by saying if uh, if you didn't like that intro song, then I uh, I guess you aren't ready for this yet, uh, but your kids are going to love it. So there's that. Um, and that was Chuck Berry with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Bo- uh, Band. And that was obviously Johnny B. Good live at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. Chuck Berry was one year shy of his 70th fucking birthday, man. And uh, if watching that performance doesn't bring a smile and or a tear to your eye, then I don't really know what you're doing with your life. Um, but I'm glad it led you here, at least. So um, appreciate it. Um, what I'll be doing uh, today is something a little different uh, once again. Because that's what we do here at Chromatic Distortion. So I'm recording this on uh, Saturday the 14th. Yesterday was obviously Friday the 13th, and we had a full moon. First time in like 20 years or something along those lines. Everyone, you know, goes a little crazy. Um, they get all excited. Um, so we just had our uh, our third um, primary debate with the top 10 Democrat uh, front runners. I think we still have like 20 or something like that um, in the race. So this is kind of a nice change of pace. From the first two, so it's not two nights. It's, it's one night. You got all the heavy hitters um, on the same stage, the top dudes uh, and, and the ta- top dudettes. Because um, we're going to be politically correct here, right? Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, clashing, so that that's nice. Uh, they get to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe. Um, and, and this debate did take place on Thursday the 12th. Um, and a lot of people don't pay attention to these. A lot of people don't watch these. They hear little sound bites or read little headlines. And that kind of molds their thoughts, molds their opinions into the candidate they want to uh, they want to choose. Um, and let's be honest about it. I, I I would wager that there's a large group of people listening to this who scroll Facebook, um, come across a headline, read that headline, uh, never click on the story, take that bitch as fact, roll down uh, roll down the timeline, and then you might even go as far as go to work. And be uh, go to work and be like, hey, did you hear about blah 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 blah? Spinning out like it's fact, spreading that uh, spreading that n- that news. The problem is those headlines are sensational. They're written to be sensational. Half the time, a lot of times, you'll click on that story and the headline don't even really uh, it don't even really correlate with the actual story. It's clickbait. It just sounds good. So it's it's an opinion. It's a twist of the story to 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 make you want to read it. Um, so that's that's why it's real dangerous. So uh. It, it is important to hear full answers and hear in full context uh, to really know what anyone's ideas are before you hand them the keys, guys, to the most powerful institution this world has ever seen. We're capable of destroying this planet 100 times over. We can cause economic uh, uh, downturn from you. This is, this is the most powerful institution the world has ever seen. 
Um, I'll say it. I'll say it a million times. And, and I and I love politics because to me, politics is uh, is theater, and it, it's a show. And um, the politicians, they're the actors, right? And the uh, the debates, and and when they're talking like this, that's the stage, right? That's the performance. So, uh, and think about it. You have to be super narcissistic. Think about it. think about how crazy you have to be. Narcissistic, you have to be. And just, and just a real shitty, shitty, this is how shitty our system is when you also think about it. Um, to think that you alone, you alone can, uh, can, can, can rule this. Like you want to be in that position. So, so what a dumb idea we have that we have a president that sits over, yeah, yeah, Congress, but I mean, what, what is our Congress doing, man? They basically just a puppet of the president. Every time our president gets elected, their party just becomes their puppet. So nothing really good. You ain't working for the constituents, constituents, you're working for the president. Um, uh, but, but who, who in the right minds, like, honestly, think about this in real life guys and, and, and down to earth terms, think about it. Um, how could one person, one man, one woman, uh, would know all, all there is to know about every, uh, dynamic of a, of an economy of the American economy and, and, and even, and even further than that, the global economy, there's so many working parts. There's so much shit to know. You're telling me you're an expert in healthcare. You know best about immigration. You know best about war. Who the fuck are you, guy? I don't give a fuck what you've done in your life. You don't know it all. That's why this. That's why this system's so crazy to me. Um, but but anyway, um, it's the system we have, so we got to work within it. I mean, that's just the, that's just life, guys. That's that's every life. You'll get a, you'll get a lot farther in life if you just understand um, that that it is a game. Life is a game. There's a set of rules, and you have to you have to. Whether we like it or not, now we can change those rules through our voice, right, and through our actions. But until that's done, if you want to make those changes, you have to play within the rules in order to change the rules. It's just it's just the facts of life. There never be any other way unless unless you're talking about war, unless you're talking about straight up bloodshed with your with your uh, with your brothers and sisters. And, and I argue all day till I'm fucking dead in the face that that makes you just as bad as anybody you're talking about. If you're willing to uh, uh, injure or or be violent towards somebody to get your ideas across, then you're just a piece of shit too. Sorry, uh, NAP man, it's the non-aggression principle. It's you gotta live by it. Um, so anyway, um, so what I'm gonna be doing today is actually playing this ent- uh, uh, this debate entirety for you with my thoughts and commentary on some of these answers. Obviously, now it is about two and a half hours long. Um, so I, I, while I'm gonna record this in one. Uh, one sitting, one shot. I'm going to release this in two parts. Part one on our normal time and day, which is 2 a.m. on Monday. Part two, I'm going to release uh, at 2 a.m. on Thursday. That's right, two episodes for you this week. Uh, and I'm still going to drop a banger for you guys next Monday because, uh, you know, I know this is not everyone's flavor. And uh, that's okay. Um, you can you can stop now if you if they say if, if you're just not interested in this hey hey i'm not mad at you guys that's what our show is um but just go back and hit hit something on that back back catalog go back go look at that backlog um i guarantee there is something for you that you will like um so let's see uh real quick um i don't really know how this is going to turn out also let me just caveat that real quick i guess um but fuck it, right? So um, these are going to be my raw thoughts. I have not watched this 
debate yet. In fact, I purposely stayed off of Facebook since 6 p.m. on Thursday, guys. I haven't watched any news. I haven't read any articles, and and that's my jam, guys. I, I read a lot, um, but not like books, like pa- not like on paper, I guess. I read, um, you know, digitally. I don't know. It's just my, my jam, I guess. Um, but I do, so, you know. I I I feel like I don't know what what the fuck's going on, but I really just did, I just wanted my my thoughts to be be pure. I didn't want to I didn't want to know what the fuck was going on on these debates. I want I want to hear it first, just like you're hearing it. Maybe first, maybe second. Who knows? Um, but it's been a nice little break. Um, so if you listen to the show already, uh, you know this. But if this is your first time, another full disclosure. I, I want everyone to be aware of where I stand politically. Um, I would I would best describe myself politically. Um, as a libertarian, um, more specifically an anarcho-capitalist, um, if you want to press me into like like a box, like a cunt, um, but I don't support any one political philosophy fully. Um, I, I have princi- I have um, principles and values all over the political spectrum, um, but in uh, in that I am very principled in my beliefs, if that makes sense. So I, I have principles all over the place, but in those principles I am very firm. Okay, I'm very, I am very principled. I follow my, um, my beliefs very hard, right? Does, it, does that make sense? Um, I don't, um, like if you're criticizing me for it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down because you think it's not, a, not a correct idea. That's fine. That, that's what's, that's what's so beautiful about human interaction is we can, um, we can agree to disagree and we can still be friends, man. We can still, we can still uh, move on with our day. Who the fuck are, are we robots, dude? You know what I mean? Like, why do we all got to be the same? Why we gotta, all got to be cookie cutter? You know, we can have 14 different ideas, but we might share 30. And in my, and in my opinion, those 30 are, are way more important because we can get something done on those. So let's stop talking about what we don't agree on. Let's start talking about what we do agree on. Let's do that shit. If we agree on it, quit fucking Who cares about those other 10? I don't give a fuck about those 10 then. Cool. Keep it moving, dude. I'll talk about those 10 with somebody else, right? We talk about the 30 we agree with, and we'll fucking, and we'll get something done, and we'll keep it moving, guys. The fuck are we doing? Uh, anyway, so, uh, so the no notes, no prep, first thought shit is what is about to go down, which obviously in today's society can't be dangerous um, if you say something that is, you know, misconstrued. All right, I don't want to. Uh, I didn't want to prolong. I didn't want to prolong this. Uh, this intro, it ended up being like eleven minutes. I apologize. Um, uh, I'll try not to talk over anyone talking, but no guarantees because you know I like to do that. I I, I can't. I, I will pause it obviously for uh, for commentary or lower the volume um, if we're trying to keep it moving a little bit. And there obviously will be no commercials because I don't fucking play with no commercials. All right, let's, uh, oh, I got it queued up. Give me a second, guys. I apologize. All right, here we go. Let's get this bitch rolled in. Good evening and welcome to Houston. We are live from Texas Southern University for tonight's Democratic debate. The top 10 candidates are here. It's going to start right now. And on the stage, you see them. They have all met the criteria set by the Democratic National Committee. At least 10 others have not met the threshold. So for the first time in this primary, a single debate in a single night with all the top candidates facing off. It is a critical test for candidates. And yeah, no Tulsi Gabbard, man, some trash. A critical time for our country. 
They're going to lay out their vision for the country, their records, their differences with President Trump and each other. And we're going to do our best to bring you a lively, informative, and civil debate. I'm joined here tonight by my ABC colleague, World News Tonight anchor David Muir, our national correspondent, Lindsey Davis, and Jorge Ramos from our partner network, Univision. Jorge? Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity to welcome Latinos across the country and to ask about Latinx issues during these challenging times. En este país, también se habla español. Este debate se realiza en un momento muy difícil para los latinos en Texas y en todo Estados Unidos, pero es importante que ellos sepan, que sepamos que este también es nuestro país. Let me just give you a little translation here. Um, I'm telling Latinos that despite the fact that we are facing difficult times, this is our country too. Everybody's we country. are delighted to be on the beautiful campus of Texas Southern University, one of the largest historically black colleges and universities in the country. And here in the Health and Physical Education Building tonight, we are joined by a live audience of 3,500 people, most invited by the Democratic National Committee, and of course, some of the brightest minds of the student body here at TSU. Go Tigers! We can feel the energy in the room, can't we, Lindsay? The rules of this debate are very basic tonight and have been agreed to by all the campaigns in advance. Candidates will have one minute, 15 seconds to answer a direct question and 45 seconds for a rebuttal or response as directed by one of the moderators. Candidates will each see green and yellow lights. There you see them right there, indicating how much time they have remaining. And when time is up, the light will turn red. Candidates who interrupt will be subject to having their time reduced later on. But this is democracy, the great American experiment, and the candidates are here tonight to make their case. The podium places based on their current standings in nationally recognized, poll, nationally recognized polls with the leading candidates in the center. All candidates have been told they can have one minute to make an opening statement, and we're going to begin in reverse polling order with Secretary Julian Castro. Good evening. Y bienvenidos a Texas. Welcome to Texas. It's great to be here at TSU, home of the Tigers. You know, on January 20th, 2021, at 12.01 p.m., we're going to have a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate. There will be life after... Hold on, let me just pause that right there. That's an a easy guy. Easy guy. I like the confidence, but come on, man. You're going to have all three? You're guaranteed? Oh. But the truth is that... Our problems didn't start just with Donald Trump. Thank you. And we won't solve them by embracing old ideas. You won't. We need a bold vision. Universal pre-K and universal health care. Unleashing millions of new jobs in the clean energy economy. A tax system that rewards people who have to work for a living. But first we have to win. And that means exciting a young, diverse coalition of Americans who are ready for a bold future. Uh, uh, real quick, you can't do that by, um, by demonizing white people. Sorry. That's what Kennedy did. It's what Carter did. It's what Clinton did. It's what Barack Obama did. And it's what I can do in this race. Get back Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, Florida, Georgia, and Arizona. And finally, turn Texas blue and say goodbye to Donald Trump. Oh, Texas is going blue in my lifetime, guaranteed. Senator Klobuchar. Good evening, Texas Southern. I believe that what unites us up here, the 10 of us, is much stronger than what divides us. And I think that's true of our country, too. 
Now, I may not I be the loudest person up here, but I think we've already got that in the White House. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. This, uh, 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 we uh, have uh. a guy there that is literally running our country like a game show. He would rather lie than lead. I think we need something different. I am someone that tells the truth. I don't make promises that I can't right keep. The actually, I have uh, people's back, and well I right believe now. that to win, you bring people with you, and that is how you govern as well. So you're going to hear a lot of ideas up here. Some will be great, but if you see that some of them seem a little off track, I've got a better way. Of course you do. If you feel stuck in the middle of the extremes in our politics and you are tired of the noise and the nonsense, you've got a home with me. Because I don't want to be the president for half of America. I want to be the president for all of America. That literally made zero sense. <clears throat> Hold on. She's going to get the first one, guys. She's getting the first one today. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's right. All right, let's back it back in. Congressman Better O'Rourke. It's an honor to be on this debate stage. It is wonderful to be back in Texas, in Houston, back here at TSU. On August 3rd, in El Paso, Texas, two things became crystal clear for me and I think produced a turning point for this country. The first is just how dangerous Donald Trump is, the cost and the consequence of his presidency. Uh, racism and violence that had long been a part Highest of America ever. was welcomed out into the open and directed history to my hometown for, of El Paso, uh, Texas, oh, where 22 people... Uh, history low... Uh, uh, um, um, we have the, the, uh, the lowest um, um, black unemployment, the lowest uh, uh, women unemployment in basically the history of our country or in the last 60, 70 years. Stock market record highs. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a lot of dumb shit. We're, we're spending way too much money. Uh, foreign intervention wars still going on. There's still a lot of bad politics. Tariffs are bad. Um, the border situation's not good at all. Um, the immigration policy is not good. There's a lot of bad things going on. But just to say that the the that the country is in this like downward spiral is a lie. So they're lying to you right off the bat. They're trying to tell you that, oh my God, the sky is falling. We're in this weird place. He's been president for fucking two years, guys. Two years. Three, three years now, almost. He was never a politician. These people that are telling you this have been in, have been in Congress for 20, 30 years. These, these front runners, when we're, gonna, we're about to get to them, they've been in Congress. They're the ones passing these laws. They're the ones that cause this spiral, if there is a spiral. Now they should be taking the credit. Saying, you haven't done shit. We've done this. We've been in Congress. We've been passing laws. This is why you have more money in your pocket. This is why financially, we're actually doing pretty well. You got a spending problem. I'm talking to you, the consumer, and you, the government. Just because you ain't got no money don't mean you're not doing well. It's what do you spend your money on? How much shit do you have? Like shit that you don't actually need. Like gadgets. Like I'm sitting in front of like, you know, a lot of gadgets that I don't really need. So I can't really sit there and complain. Oh my God, my bank account might not have enough money. And it's like, yeah, well, what have I been buying? Well, a lot of shit that I didn't really need. Let's be real about it. Can, uh, onward. Are killed. Dozens more grievously injured That's why I by a man that. carrying a weapon. He should never have been able to buy in the first place. Inspired to kill by our president. Inspired the second by our president. is how insufficient on, our politics is to meet the threat that we have right now.
the bitterness, the pettiness, the smallness of the moment, the incentives to attack one another as and you try attack, to make differences as you attack, without distinctions, mountains out of molehills. We have to be bigger. We have to see clearly. Smaller, we have to speak honestly. As you're and we lying, have to act decisively. That's what I want to do for you as president you'll be the of most, the United and States. And you've been the most indecisive dude on these panels. Bro, I hate beta. Senator trash. Cory Booker. It was over 20 years Spartacus. ago that I was a law student and moved to inner city Newark, New Jersey uh, to serve as a tenants rights lawyer to try to address the challenges in my community. And I was sobered by them, the gun violence, uh, the substandard housing. But it was my greatest mentor, a woman named Miss Virginia Jones, who challenged me. She said, boy, if all you see in this neighborhood is problems, that's all there's ever going to be. Yep. But Absolutely. if you're stubborn Absolutely. and defiant and can put forth a vision that can unify people, yep. then we can make transformative change. She was a church woman that said, without vision, the people will perish. Listen, listen, Cory Booker is 100% spot on here, guys. That is 100% correct. But watch him transition as he now, as he now will, will go and do the exact opposite. Because Beto just did the exact opposite of what Cory Booker just said. Well, that's exactly what we did. We created extraordinary unity in our community, and we did things that other people think thought were, was impossible. That's the story of America. At our best, we unify. We find common cause Absolutely. and common purpose. The differences amongst us Democrats on the stage are not as great as the urgency for us to unite as a party, not just to beat Donald Trump. Hold but on. To Hold on. How about a unite as a country, bro? You can't demonize any, anyone who, who's a Republican because not all Republicans believe what Donald Trump believes and not everyone believes what everything. I think Donald Trump's a piece of shit. I agree with some of his policies. I disagree with a lot of them. But you can't, you can't vilify anybody who has any kind of uh, uh, connection to that side. Just, that's, just, that's, not unif that's not unifying like you're talking about. America in common cause and common purpose. That's why I'm running for president, and that's how I will lead this nation. That was good. That was fairly good. That was a good opening. Entrepreneur Andrew Yang. Yeah, Yang Gang, baby. In America like today, everything revolves around the almighty dollar. Sure our does. schools, our hospitals, our media, even our government. It's why we don't trust our institutions anymore. Yep. We have to get our country working for us again instead of the other way around. We have to see ourselves as the owners and shareholders of this democracy, rather than inputs into a giant machine. When you donate money to a presidential campaign, what happens? The politician spends the money on TV ads and consultants, and you hope it works out. It's time to trust ourselves more than our politicians. That's why I'm going to do something unprecedented tonight. Uh oh my campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for Wait. an entire year Wait, to 10 American families, Wait. someone watching this at home right now. If you believe that you can solve your own problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com oh. and tell us how— Hold on. Now, I believe I can solve my own pro problems better than any, any politician. That's how you should be also thinking. That's why none of these programs make sense. That, um, uh, the government's trying to tell you that you can't run your life. You can't run your life, so give me all your money, and I'll run it for you. Because you're just going to make bad decisions. You're a piece of shit. You, you'll never do anything good for anybody. You're an asshole. We're good. You're bad. Give us our money, and we'll be good for you. And then you can be like, oh, well, I paid my taxes, so now I'm a good person, too. Because my, my, my country did something good. But what uh, Yang just said right before that is, uh, I'm pretty sure it's against the law. Because he just bribed for votes. He's basically saying, I'm going to give you money 
uh if you sign up on my web page uh my web uh uh my website is what it's sounding like e- either way you can't you can't uh, as a presidential candidate bro you, you can't give money out to people that's a definitely a uh a campaign violation i haven't been reading no news i told you guys that so i don't know how that's i bet you that shit's been blowing up though uh onward thousand dollars a month will help you do just that this is how we will get our country working for us again the american people <laughs> by fucking bribing them it looks like cory booker he, uh and Kobacha, they laughing bro they know bro you done you just fucked yourself guy and i like yang dude you done bro and they're laughing dude I agree. It's original. I'll give you that. Yeah, it is original, bro. <laughs> the American people are divided oh, man. and oh, doubtful at the bro. very moment we need to rise to some of the greatest challenges we've ever seen. As a mayor of an industrial city coming back from the brink, as a veteran of the war in Afghanistan, I know what's at stake in our national leadership. We keep sending politicians to Washington, asking them to fight for us. But then when they get there, they seem more interested in the part about fighting than the part about us. Good politics is supposed to be not about the day-to-day fights of the politicians, but about the day-to-day lives of Americans. We just marked the anniversary of 9-11. All day today, I've been thinking about September 12th, the way it felt when for a moment we came together as a country. Imagine if we had been able to sustain that unity. Imagine what would be possible right now with ideas that are bold enough to meet the challenges of our time, but big enough as well that they could unify the American people. That's what presidential leadership can do. That's what the presidency is for. And that is why I'm asking for your vote. Uh, I agree with most of that, but that's not what the presidency is for. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's to make sure it's, it's the head of state. All right. So you elect your representatives into Congress. It's 100% equal in the House of Representatives. Every state gets two for the Senate so that there's equal. And then the president has veto power. Now, now the state, why we have the Electoral College, guys, because the state is electing who they want to represent them. Okay? The president doesn't represent you. I'm sorry. He doesn't represent the American people. He represents the states. Okay? The state represents you. The states represent you. So you vote for who you want to run your state. And then they vote for who they think will protect their state from the bigger states. That's why we have the Electoral College. Um, uh, I don't really remember what I was going with that point. I don't remember what he said. Fuck. I don't remember what. I don't, I, now I don't know. But anyway, we'll just continue on. What happens when I ramble, guys? Sorry. Senator Kamala Harris. <laughs> That's Thank what you. No it's great to do. be back at TSU. So I plan on spending tonight talking with you about my plans to address the problems that keep you up at night. But first, I have a few words for Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Who we all know is watching. So, President Trump, Hold on. you spent... Hold on. This is why you guys are going to lose, man. This is why... People don't... This is childish shit, dude. No one wants to hear this shit. Real adults don't want to hear this shit. This is ignorant. It's just ignorant. The last two and a half years, full-time, trying to sow hate and division among us. As you're us. sowing hate and division As, right and now. And that is why we've got nothing done. You've you have done used nothing. You're in Congress. Intimidation, fear, and over 12,000 lies as a way to distract from your failed policies and your broken promises. The only reason you've not been indicted is because there was a memo in the Department of Justice that oh says a sitting president dude. cannot be charged with a crime. That's exactly not what but happened. But here's what you don't get. Even Mueller testified what to the opposite of that. What you don't get is that the American people are so much better than this. 
And we know that the vast majority of us have so much more in common than what separates us, regardless of our race, where we live, or the party with which we're registered to vote. And I plan on focusing on our common issues, our common hopes and desires, and in that way unifying our country, winning this election, and turning the page for America. And now, President Trump, you can go back to watching Fox News. That was horrible, yeah, sorry. I'm going to unify by attacking. Let's just see. Senator Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Thirty-year Congress. Senator Sanders. Vermont. Uh, let me be blunt and tell you what you don't hear much about in Congress or in the media, and that is, it goes without saying that we must and will defeat Trump, the most dangerous president in the history of this country. Oh, my God, guys. Come on, but we must do more. We must do more. We have got to recognize that this country is moving into an oligarchic form of society where a handful of billionaires control the economic and political life of this country. As, and as on, president, I am... As president, you want to turn that that oligarchy into just the state. So then the state will have all the power and all the money. You know, we used to have that, guys. You know, when we had kings and shit, just in case you weren't unaware. Bad to take them on. Yes, we will raise the minimum wage to a living wage. Yes, we will finally make sure. Uh, what's a living wage, first off? Let's just stop that. If you know, $15. You know, I, I, would, <laughs> I wish I could be on the stage right now because, you know. When uh, when Bernie's like, fifteen dollars an hour is a living wage, I'll just be looking at him. I'll be like, sixteen. Uh, I mean, can we go sixteen? How about seventeen? Why not eighteen? Why not twenty-five? Why not fifty? What's a living wage? Who determines a living wage? And what do you consider living? And then what does that do to curb the costs of things? Hmm. Interesting. And every American has health care as a human right, not a privilege. And yes, we will address the catastrophic crisis of climate change and transform Damn, our man. energy system away from fossil fuel. You got that fucking superlative popping bling. I think Bernie's sick. Senator Elizabeth Warren. She's popping that mic. So I was born and raised in Oklahoma, but I'm sure glad to be in Texas tonight. All three of my brothers served in military bases here in Texas. That was their ticket to the middle class. Me, I got my big opportunity about a half mile down the road from here at the University of Houston back when it cost $50 a semester for a price that I could pay for on a part-time waitressing job, I got to finish my four-year degree and I became a special needs teacher. And after law school, my first big job was back here in Houston. By then, I had two little kids. And when childcare nearly brought me down, my Aunt B moved in and saved us all. The paths to America's middle class have gotten a lot smaller and a lot narrower. 
Today, service members are preyed upon by predatory lenders. Students are crushed by debt and families cannot afford childcare. I know what's broken, I know how to fix it, and I'm gonna lead the fight to get it done. I'll tell you what, guys, I, I've said this, I said this before, and I, I know you guys have probably heard me say that Elizabeth Warren got the most, uh, um, what's the momentum right now? She's obviously, she, she just spoke the most clear. There was no hate in her message. There was no division in her message. She's very contrite. She's very on. Uh, she's very uh, um, on on the point. She knows what she's saying, and she's like, "Listen, this is what's wrong." And she and most of the shit she said, there there is there's problems. There's problems with what everything she just said. She says she knows how to fix them, and she's one of the only candidates that that comes out with detailed plans. Um, I don't know. I don't think she can win a general election, but I, I think she's she might be the best candidate. She might be the best candidate the Democrats got. I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really know. But she, she's definitely the most prepared, I think, and uh, the most, I think, ready and willing for the actual job. <laughs> By Sleepy Joe next. Vice President Joe Biden. Uh oh. You know, when President Kennedy announced the moonshot, he used the phrase that sticks with me my whole life. He said, "We're doing it because we refuse to postpone." Well, I refuse to postpone one more minute, spending billions of dollars on curing cancer, Alzheimer's, and other diseases, which if we invest in them, we can find cures. I refuse to postpone giving every single child in America, no matter their zip code, pre-K, all the way through high school and beyond. I refuse to postpone any longer taking on... Hold on, just real quick about the, about the schooling shit, right, for free. First of all... Um, what you're saying is when you want, when you want, when you want to um, give people free college, first of all, two thirds of this country does not go to college. So what you're, and, and if you go to college, you're supposed to be the smartest among us. You're supposed to have the most resources to get these better jobs. You're supposed to um, be the intellectuals, right? That's what you always tell us. All co uh, more, more people vote Democrat with college degrees. Okay, so you're the more intelligent. You're the smartest. So why do the people who didn't go to school, who don't have that luxury to uh, when they're applying for a job to put on their resume? Um, uh, my college degree who make less money than you via not having a college degree why do they now have to turn around and pay for your college think about that you think that's righteous do you do you honestly think that's righteous now I'm okay like okay the 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 kindergarten through high school is a totally different situation like we've been doing that basically in public schools, I'm okay. I'm okay with that in some sort. But but in the reality of it, is the public has, has the public schools done America a good service? All that money you pay in taxes to pay for your schools has that done the federally has that has that has that been a benefit to you? Do you, do you think the school system is in a good place? Public school system. It's not. It's in shambles. It's fucking trash. There's no good educations coming out of those places. And it's even worse in uh, uh in inner cities. It's non-existent. So so to think that the government all of a sudden can just oh not only would not only have we fucked up uh high school and middle school and and made our kids dumber, but we yeah, we'll do it to college now because then we can really push our agenda. We can really push our ideas. You guys do know that um public school the way the our school system was uh based off of Nazi Germany school system. Climate change and leading the world in taking on climate change. Look, this is the United States of America. 
There's never been a single solitary time when we've set our mind to something we've been unable to do it. We're walking around with our heads down like, woe is me. We're the best equipped nation in the world to take this on. It's no longer time to postpone. We should get moving. There's enormous, enormous opportunities once we get rid of Donald Trump. Candidates, thank you. Several of you said you are more united than divided, and that is certainly true. All of you agree on one big thing, the goal of defeating President Trump, driving the country in a new direction. But out on the campaign trail, you have out... Hold on, why? 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 Why is that the number one issue? If, if we're going to be gone, if climate change, we're going to be gone in 12 years, why is defeating Donald Trump the number one issue? You're in Congress, guys. You guys can pass laws right the fuck now, man. You don't got to wait for Donald Trump. Like, I, I mean, what I mean, what are you waiting for? You have to defeat him first? I mean, why? Big differences over how far to go and how fast to go. And, and Vice President Biden, the differences between you and the senators on either side of you tonight strike at the heart of this primary debate. Both senators Warren and Sanders want to replace Obamacare with Medicare for all. You want to build an Obamacare, not scrap it. They propose spending far more than you to combat climate change and tackle student loan debt, and they would raise more in taxes than you to pay for their programs. Are Senators Warren and Sanders pushing too far beyond where Democrats want to go and where the country needs to go? That'll be for the voters to decide that question. Let me tell you what I think. I think we should have a debate on health care. I think uh, I know that the senator says she's for Bernie. Well, I'm for Barack. I think the Obamacare worked. I think the way in we add to it, replace everything that's been cut, add a public option, guarantee that everyone will be able to have affordable assurance, number one. Number two, I think we should be in a position of taking a look at what costs are. My plan yep. for health care costs a lot of money. It costs $740 billion. It doesn't cost $30 trillion. Yeah, That's a great point, guys. $3.4 trillion a year, it turns out, is twice what the entire federal budget yep. is. Absolutely. That's before man, someone it being exists now no, thank without God, interest dude. on the debt. Hold on, How are we going to pay for it? Hold on. I, got, I just got, man, thank you, Joe Biden. I think you're the worst candidate, but thank you for being honest, man, that this spending that they're proposing is ridiculous. It don't even make sense. It does not add up. And anyone's bougie math you can do, it does not add up. I want to hear tonight how that's happened. So far, my distinguished friend, the senator on my left, is not, has not indicated how she pays for it. And the senator and has, never in fact, will. come forward and said how he's well, going to pay um, for it. But the gets about halfway there. Yeah, to get you There's nowhere a lot near of other close. things that need to be done. I have a bold plan to deal with making so sure the other half comes from you the money for at-risk schools that are uh, Title I schools from, 40, from uh, $15 to $45 billion a year. But I go down the line, and each of the things we're talking about, I lay out how I can pay for it, how I can get it done, and why it's better. Senator Warren, let me, let me take that to you, particularly on what Senator Biden was saying there uh, about health care. He's actually praised Bernie Sanders for being candid about his health care plan. That Senator says that Senator Sanders has been candid I agree about the fact that middle class taxes we'll go are going to go up and most of private insurance is going to be eliminated. Will you Hope make you heard that. that same admission? So let's be clear about health care and let's actually start where Vice President did. We all owe a huge debt to President Obama who fundamentally transformed healthcare in America and committed this country to healthcare for every human being. And now the question is, how best can we improve on it? 
And I believe the best way we can do that is we make sure that everybody gets covered by health care at the lowest possible cost. But how do you get how the cost down? How do we down? pay for it? We pay for it. Those at the make the right choice for them. Why don't you? Oh, for real? Hold on. I, got, I actually skipped. I was meant to pause that. Uh, uh, hold on. So my question to you is, uh, how do you lower the costs? Okay, because you're going to tell us, I'm assuming right now, how you're going to pay for it. But how are you going to lower those costs? And just just real quick, um, I mean, I know I'm pausing a lot. I'm going to I'm gonna have to keep this moving a little bit bit more, guys. I'm sorry. Um, maybe we'll have to do three parts. Um, uh, we already spent $800 billion on medical services here in the United States. It is our number one spender. I know I know the the common lie thrown out to you is that it's on it's on military and war that's incorrect. It's incorrect. It's on healthcare. It's already our largest expenditure. 800 billion dollars last year we spent. And that was barely covering anybody. Anybody. And and this is what they're they're saying we need to have that system, okay? For everybody, not just our seniors, and, and I'm and I'm sure if you if you talk talk to seniors, they did not they don't like their healthcare that much, man. Not all of them, not all of them. For it, those at the very top, the richest individuals and the biggest corporations, are going to pay more, and Still middle class enough, families though. are going to pay less. That's not. That's, that's how fucking, this is going to work. That's such a lie, Direct though. Question. Dude, you said middle class families are going to pay less, but will middle class taxes go up to pay for the program? I know you believe that the deductibles and the premiums will go down. Will middle class taxes go up? Will private insurance be eliminated? Look, what families have to deal no, with the question. is cost. Total cost. That's what they have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, but you're not. You're, you haven't told anybody Families how you're actually going to lower these prices. Families pay today. Families pay every time an insurance. So that's important, guys. Listen, guys. If she doesn't know how to lower the cost, she's assuming the costs are going to go down. Now, what if they don't? So she's like, "Oh well, well, your cost is going to go down so much on healthcare, so much. Uh, uh, that the taxes that I'll raise on you will offset it." It's like, well, then can I just pay for my own insurance if it's just going to be about even? And then what if it doesn't? So then what? So then what if it doesn't drop uh, dramatic, dramatically reduce the costs? And then how are we going to pay for it? You promised me. Obviously, uh, I'm going to be paying more taxes, and and I'll be still be paying the exact same amount for my insurance. Says, sorry, you can't see that specialist. Every time an insurance company says, sorry, that doctor is out of network. Sorry, we are not covering that prescription. Families are paying every time That's they don't true, get man. a prescription we got, we got, filled because they can't pay for it. They don't have a lump checked out because they can't afford the copay. What we're talking about here is what's going to happen in families' pockets, what's going to happen in their budgets. And the answer is on Medicare for all. Costs are going to go up for wealthier individuals and costs are going to go up for giant corporations. But for hardworking families across this country, costs are going to go down and that's how it should work under Medicare yeah, it should for work All that, in but our health It's not going to work that way. It's you were and also for back on the pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical companies are out of control. That's something we can, we can have. Uh, we are one of only two countries, us in New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken, that allow uh, um, pharmaceutical companies to advertise medicine think about that are you a fucking doctor 
why do I need why do I need to see a, a do you have blah 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 blah? Then you need ask your doctor about this. Side effects are death. Um uh why do we allow that? Think about how much money it costs to advertise. That cost is pushed on to you. Onward. And they also take on that question about taxes. Uh, Joe said that uh, Medicare for all would cost over $30 trillion. That's right, Joe. Status quo over 10 years will be $50 trillion. Every study done shows that Medicare for all is the most cost-effective approach to providing health care uh, to every like man, trillion, woman, bro. and child. Who gave you the in 50 trillion number, guy? I, who wrote the damn bill, if I may say so. Oh! intend to eliminate all out-of-pocket expenses, all deductibles, all co-payments. Nobody in America will pay more than $200 a year for prescription drugs because we're going to stand up to the greed and corruption and price-fixing of the pharmaceutical industry. We need need a health care system that guarantees health care to all people, as every other major country does, not a system which provides... Hold on. Let's stop that real quick. Yes, every other uh, uh, country, civilized country, does do that. But guess what they did not eliminate? Yeah, it's the one they don't, that they, these guys refuse to talk about. None of them eliminated private insurance. Private insurance is still a thing because you need both of them to, to have competition with each other. So the government, yeah, you can come in. Okay, you can come in and, and have a service. And if you do it better, like you claim, you will force the insurance company, the private ones, to lower their price because guess what? No one's going to fucking buy their insurance. You just jump on the government plan. If it's as good, if it's better, and if it's cheaper, you'd make that voluntary choice because it's the better choice to make. And you're not a fucking retard, right? You're not a moron. So you, so you would obviously pick the government plan because it's the best plan. And then the insurance companies have one or two options. They fold. And bank go bankrupt and get out of the business, or they lower their prices to compete with you, and then the government. And this is why it's best for both of us, guys. This is why it's best for the actual the, the people who actually need the insurance. That's us, because then the government's going to go. Well, if I still want to collect this money and run this program, then I got to lower my prices again. I got to do better again, and and then guess what? Then the price drops. It's called competition. Competition always makes the price drop. Bernie is is claiming all these other countries do this, yet I'm going to do it in not their way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take away all private insurance. So here we go. A hundred billion dollars a year in profit for the drug companies and the insurance companies. And to tell you how absurd the system is tonight on ABC, the healthcare industry will be advertising, telling you how bad... Medicare for all is because they want to protect their profits. That is that's absurd. True. That's, that's probably right. that's absurd. That's George, probably true. And they probably will the, be advertising against it. You get a response, then we're going to broaden out the discussion. Okay. Okay. That part Number of it. one, my health care plan does significantly cut the cost of the largest out-of-pocket payment you'll pay is $1,000. You'll like be it. able to get into a anyone who can't afford it, gets automatically enrolled in the, in, in, in the Medicare-type option we have, et cetera. But guess what? Of the 160 million people who like their 
health care now, they can keep it. Thank if you. they don't like it, they Thank can you, leave. Joe. Number one. So, Number I mean, two. So basic, the guys. fact of the matter is, we're in a situation where, if you notice, he hadn't answered the question. Nope, this is about never candor, does. honesty, big ideas. Yep. Well, let's have Thank a big you. idea. The, the tax of 2 percent that the senator is talking about, that raises about $3 billion. Yeah, nothing. Guess what? That leaves you about $28 billion short. The senator said before, it's going to cost you in your pay. There will be a deductible in your paycheck. You're going to, the middle class person, someone making 60 grand with three kids, they're going to end up paying $5,000 more. They're going to end up paying 4% more on their income tax. That's a reality. It is reality. That's not a bad idea if you like it. I don't like it. Okay. Fiery today. So let's the be gas clear. Coming, though. I've you know actually never gas. met anybody who likes their health insurance company. I've met uh, my I like my insurance. Like I'm not gonna lie. I've met people who like their nurses. I've met people who like their pharmacists. I like met people who like their physical therapists. What they want is access to health care. And we just need to be clear about what Medicare for All is all about. Instead of paying premiums into insurance companies and then having insurance companies build their profits by saying no, no I agree with that part to of it. coverage, we're going to do this by saying everyone is covered by Medicare for All. Every health care provider is covered. Yeah, but, and the only question here in terms of difference is where to send the bill. Because they'll, they'll fucking do the same Let thing then. be clear, Joe. In the United States of America, we are spending twice as much per capita on health care as the Canadians or any other major country on earth. This America. That's right. Yeah, but Americans don't want to pay twice as much as other countries. And they guarantee health care to all people. Under my Medicare for all proposal, when you don't pay out of pocket and you don't pay premiums, maybe you have run into people so They need to fix this light, dude. Their problem is annoying me. I have it. What people want is cost Get away from the mic, bro. Back up. Medicare for all will save the average American substantial sums of money on his or her health care Senator, bill. Senator Klobuchar, you said in your opening statement you don't you want to represent the people. There's stuck been no, in the there's been no study States. that's Who ever said it, that, that that is true. What Bernie said, it's all they've all said the opposite. I think you know that I don't agree with some of these proposals up here, George. So I'm talking Which about ones? if I could all of them, if I could respond to some of the proposals, but from my friends. First of all, Senator Sanders and I have worked valiantly to bring down the cost of pharmaceuticals. That was a Klobuchar-Sanders amendment to allow for drugs to come in from less expensive countries like Canada. Bernie we have worked to bring down dip, the cost by fighting to allow 43 million seniors, that's a bill I lead, to negotiate for better prices under Medicare. I figure that's a lot of seniors and they should be allowed to get a better price. But when it comes to our health care and when it comes to our premiums, I go with the doctor's creed, which is do no harm. And while Bernie wrote the bill, I read the bill. And on page Ooh. eight, on page Ooh. eight of the bill, it says that we will no longer have private, private insurance, insurance as sure we does. know it. And that means that 149 million Americans uh, will no longer yep. be able to have their current insurance. Or a choice. That's in four years. Or a choice. I don't think that's a bold idea. I think it's a bad idea. It's an aggressive idea. And what I favor is something that what Barack Obama wanted to do from the very beginning. And that is a public option. A non-profit choice yep. that will bring down the cost of insurance, yeah. cover 12 okay million that, more man. people, okay and bring down the prices for 13 million more people. That is a I, bold idea. Yep, I get more Warren. down on that, dude. 
Page eight in the bill, she says, 149 people will lose their health insurance. I, I'm sorry. She said page eight in the bill, 149 people will lose their health insurance. What current health insurance? 149 million. Million, excuse me. Sir, let's be clear about this. People will have access to all of their doctors, all of their nurses, their community hospitals, their rural hospitals. Doctors Are you sure won't have that? to hire people to fill out crazy forms. Hold on. They won't have to spend time on the phone. Are you sure about that? So you're telling me all these private doctors, all these private hospitals, all these private physicians, all these private specialists who have spent their years going to college, their years building practices, their years taking on debt, building a business, they'll just they'll just have they'll just take whatever you say they have to take. Because you know what? Who who just because everyone's super happy about performing uh performing a service at your what you tell them they have to serve it as. All right? So if someone came up to so if I was like uh, uh, if I was cutting grass, you know, and, and the going rate was 10 bucks and then you come in and we're like, yeah, but you know, you, you still got to do it, but you know, it's only going to be five bucks now, bro. You'd be like, yeah, cool. Sounds great. Great plan. You'd be all for that. With insurance companies, people who have sick family members won't have to get into these battles. What this is about is making sure that we have the most efficient way possible to pay for health care for everyone in this country. Insurance companies last year sucked $23 billion in profits out of the system. It's not that much. How did they make that money? You're talking about $30 trillion for your plan. Billion you're talking, and they're talking about $23 billion. By an insurance company saying no to your health care. Well, I agree with that. Change. They shouldn't be able the, to say the no. The problem, I agree with that part. Senator Sanders, with that damn bill that you wrote, that. and that Senator <laughs> Warren backs, is that it doesn't trust the American people. Yep. It sure does I not. I trust you. Thank you. To choose what makes the most sense Thank for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a fucking individual, man. Now, look. I think we do have to go far beyond tinkering with the ACA. I propose Medicare for all who want it. We take a version of Medicare, we make it available for the American people, and if we're right as progressives that that public alternative is better, then the American people will figure that out for themselves. Man, did I not say I that? I trust the American people to make the right choice for them. Why don't you? I trust you too. Senator Sanders, I trust you guys too to run your own fucking you life. You talked about you guys aren't morons. You aren't idiots. Private insurance. 50 million of those people lose their private insurance every year when they quit their jobs okay. or they go unemployed. Then they'll jump on your fuck. Then they'll jump on the Medicare for all. Boom, problem solved. Policy. And then when Medicare they get rehired, if they like that that new comprehensive health care. And then and then if they like their new one, oh, the new, the new the new insurance they just take that one. Including jump off the government. See how that works? Health care. It allows you to go to any doctor you want, which many private insurance company programs do not. So if you, you want force comprehensive health care, freedom of choice regarding doctor or hospital, no more than $200 a year for prescription drugs, taking on the drug company. So does the doctor become a, uh, so in, in Bernie's system, does the doctor become a government worker? That now we don't, man, that's, I mean, see, I mean, for, for the group that hates like Nazi Germany, and the insurance companies moving to Medicare for all is the way to go. Senator Harris, you started out co-sponsoring Senator Sanders' bill. You now say you're uncomfortable with it. Why? I want to give credit first to Barack Obama for really bringing us this far. We would not be here if he hadn't the courage, yeah, the got talent, hit last or the debate will to see us this far. I want to give credit to Bernie. 
and, and now y'all sucking the dick again. Um, you, you know, you brought the us most this far Democratic Medicare president for all. I ever. support Medicare for all. <laughs> I always moron, have. But dude. I wanted to make the plan better, which I did, which is about offering people choice, not taking that from them. Okay, so you. under my Medicare for all plan, people have the choice of a private plan or a public plan because that's what people want. And I agree we shouldn't yeah, take choice you, from you. You didn't have that but last debate. You had that out of your bill last Everybody debate. Everybody on the stage, I do believe is well-intentioned and wants that all Americans have coverage and recognizes that right now 30 million Americans don't have coverage. But at least five people have talked some repeatedly on this subject, and not once have we talked about Donald Trump. So let's talk about the fact that Donald Trump came into office. Hey, that's because no one wants to talk about Donald Trump. Hey, how will you tell me what you're going to do for me? Okay, I get it. You don't like Donald Trump. Donald Trump's bad. Okay, okay. Got it. What are you going to do for me? We get it. He's bad. What are you going to do? And spent almost the entire first year of his term trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. We all fought against it. And then the late, great John McCain, at that moment, at about 2 o'clock in the morning, killed his <laughs> attempt to... Hold on. Let me, let, me go ahead and, uh, let me go ahead and finish that. Killed, uh, killed a ton of fucking brown people in the Middle East with his policies. How about that? That guy, yeah, that great John McCain, that great fucking American hero. Yeah, if you're a fucking war hawk. Take health care from millions of people in this country. Fast forward to today and what is happening. Donald Trump's Department of Justice is trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Donald Trump's administration is trying to get rid of the, the, the ban that we placed on, on denying people who have pre-existing conditions trying coverage. To get rid of the tax. Donald Trump is trying to say that our kids up to the age of 26 can no longer be on our plans. And frankly, I think this discussion has given the American public a headache. What they want to know is that they're going to have health care and cost will not be a barrier to getting it. But let's focus and on the end goal. If we don't get Donald Trump out of office, he's going to get rid of all of it. George, 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Or you guys can pass the bill in Congress the way it really works. 15 seconds. Look, everybody says we want an option. The option I'm proposing is a Medicare for all, in a Medicare for choice. If you want Medicare, if you lose the job from your insurance company, from your employer, you automatically you go. can buy into this. Voice of reason, You don't bro. have no pre-existing Didn't condition that. can stop you from buying in. You get covered. Covered, boom. Period. And if you notice, nobody's yet said how much it's going to cost the taxpayer. I hear this, large savings. The president thinks, uh, my friend from Vermont thinks that the Man, employer is going to give you back if you negotiated his union all these years, got a cut in wages because you got insurance. They're going to give back that money to the employee? Matter of fact, they will. Well, let me tell you yeah, something. Okay. For a socialist, sure you got a... You, for a socialist, you got a lot more confidence in corporate America yeah, no than shit. I do. Yeah, hold on. Sanders. Sanders. That's actually a great point by Joe. Do you really? So you know, um, part of my benefit package is my insurance. Now I pay a little bit into it, but my company I obviously pays some. That's part of your salary. So uh, all you people that work and, and have got um, employee insurance, that is part of your um, benefit package, right? What they put into that. If they put anything in your 401k, if they put anything into your. For my instance, it's 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 a uh, like four bucks an hour almost. Um, to my pension. Um, that is part of my salary. Okay. That's money I made. So you have to add that into what you're actually making. So what, what Joe Biden was saying there is, do you really believe that if you cut, uh, um, 
take away their insurance that that company is going to give them the me the employee that money that they're paying for my insurance right now because that is actually part of my salary that's something i negotiated so the reality is if i'm making like 28 bucks an hour for instance and they're paying like three dollars an hour towards my insurance i mean that's part of my salary that's part of my value for working here you really believe that the company's gonna give me that three dollars of course not of course they're not so you've already lost you've already taken a before we even start the program you're down three bucks it's a great point by joe biden kudos go ahead all right two points yep you gotta defend the fact that today not only do we have 87 million people uninsured and underinsured, you got to defend the fact that 500,000 Americans are going bankrupt. You know why they're going bankrupt? Because they suffered a terrible disease, cancer or heart disease. Under my legislation, people will not go into financial ruin because they suffered with a diagnosis of cancer. And our program is the only one that does that. I know a lot about cancer. Let me tell you something. You it's go, personal Jim. to me. Let me tell you something. Every single person who is diagnosed with cancer or any other disease can automatically become part of this plan. They will not go bankrupt because of that. They will not go bankrupt because of that. They can join immediately. And we're talking four, six, eight, ten years, depending on you talk about, before we get to Medicare for all. Come on. I've been there. You've been there. You know what it's like. People need help now, hope now, and do something now. Yep. Congressman O'Rourke. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell you what, Joe brought it tonight, folks. Thank you. Listen, um, I'm grateful that we all agree about the urgency of this challenge and the fact that Donald Trump is undermining the limited protections that we have right now. But I also think we're being offered a false choice between those who propose an all-or-nothing gambit forcing tens of millions off of insurance that they like, that works for them, to yep. force them onto Medicare, and others who want to, as the Vice President does, incrementally improve what we have, which will still leave many, maybe millions, uninsured and uncared for in a state like he, Texas, he where the largest that. provider of mental health care services is the county jail system. We've got to do better. In my proposal, Medicare for America says everyone who's uninsured will be enrolled in Medicare. Everyone who's insufficiently insured, cannot afford it, can move over to Medicare and those like members of unions who fought for the health care plans that work for them and their families are able to keep them. That is this the is, best possible path forward. Health care is the top issue exactly for everyone what Joe Biden said, sure Everyone gets one minute to respond you to Congress, like you Senator different. Secretary Castro, Andrew Yang, and then Senate, Senator Booker. Yeah, you yeah, get uh, thank you. And, yet. you know, I also want to recognize uh, the work that Bernie has done on this. Uh, and, of course, uh, we owe a debt of gratitude to President Barack Obama. Uh, of course, I also work for President Obama, uh, Vice President Biden, and I know that the problem with your plan is that it leaves 10 million people uncovered. Now, on the last debate stage in Detroit, you said that wasn't true when Senator Harris brought that up. There was a, a fact check of that, and they said that was true. Uh, you know, I grew up with a grandmother who had type 2 diabetes, and I watched her condition get worse and worse. Uh, but that whole time, she had Medicare. Uh, I want every single American family to have a strong Medicare plan available. 
If they choose to hold on to strong, solid private health insurance, I believe they should be able to do that. But the difference between what I support and what you support, Vice President Biden, is that you require them to opt in. And I would not require them to opt in. They would automatically be enrolled. They wouldn't have to buy in. He That's a big difference because Barack Obama's vision was not to leave 10 million people uncovered. They, he wanted every single person in this country covered. My plan would do that. Your plan would they not. They do not have to buy in. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said no, that two not. minutes ago. I don't think he did. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. He said he meant buy in in the other way, not money. Are you forgetting what you said Like agree to. Are you forgetting already what you said just two minutes ago? And that's a, I, mean, I like I the joke, but that's a bad shot. That you said that. two minutes ago that they had to buy in, and now you're saying they don't have to buy in. You're forgetting that. I said anyone I mean, like look, your grandmother who look, has no money. She a healthcare system you're automatically, automatically enrolls people regardless of whether they choose to opt in or not. If you lose your job, for instance, his... His health care plan would not automatically enroll you. You would have to opt in. My health care plan would. That's a big difference. I'm fulfilling, fulfilling the legacy of Barack Obama, and you're not. I'll be surprised to him. Andrew Yang. <laughs> I like how this all, is why they're all, they're all debates are becoming jump. unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, we're, this we're reminds everybody yep. of what they cannot Can I, stand about yep. Washington. Can Scoring I, points against each other, yep. poking I, at each other, yep. and telling each other that, that you're my plan, your plan. Look, we all yeah, That's called a Democratic primary election. <laughs> that's called an election. That's an election. You know, this is what we're here for. It's an election. It's a show. Yeah, but a house, a house divided cannot stand. That's right. And that is not how we're Look, gonna win everyone, this we know we're on the same team here. We know we're on the same team. No, America's the team. We all have a team. better vision for health care. America's than our the team, president. dude. That's the problem. And Yang. I believe we're talking about this the wrong guy. way. As someone who has run a business, I know that our current health care system makes it harder to hire people, makes it harder to give them benefits and treat them as yep. full-time employees. You instead pretend they're contractors. Yep. It's harder to change jobs. It's certainly harder to start a business. Yep. The pitch we have to make to the American people is we will get the health care weight off of your backs and then unleash the hopes and dreams of the American people. Senator Becker, now, I am Asian, yeah, so I know a lot of doctors, and they tell me that they spend a <laughs> lot of time lot of on paperwork, avoiding being sued, and That's navigating the insurance bureaucracy. Those are the we have to change the incentives, so instead of revenue and yep. activity, people are focused on our health yes. and the healthcare system. This guy in the Cleveland it. Clinic, where they're paid not based upon how many procedures they prescribe, shocker, they prescribe fewer procedures, and patient health stays the same or improves. That is the pitch to the American people. Yep. Senator Booker, close yeah, out this discussion. Yeah, Thank you very much. The only one that talked about uh, uh, how Look, you there actually There are a lot cost. of people watching at home right now listening to us that are afraid. Rotate. Bureaucracy. Because they are in crisis. They don't have health insurance. Their health insurance doesn't go far enough. They can't afford their prescription drugs. Look, I, I'm clear in what I believe. I believe in Medicare for all. I believe it's the best way to rationalize the system. But dear God, I know that every one of my colleagues on this stage is in favor of universal health coverage and comes at this with the best of intentions. And I'll tell you, there is an urgency right now in this nation. Everybody feels it. And as a person who has an ideal, I know we cannot sacrifice progress on the altar of purity. Because people in my community, they need help right now. They have high blood pressure right now. They have unaffordable insulin right now. And this must be a moment where we as Democrats can begin to show that we can not only stake and stand our ground, but find common ground, because we've got one shot to make Donald Trump a one-term president. And we cannot lose it 
by the way we talk about each other or demonize and degrade each other. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. If I am the leader, I will work towards the ideal of health insurance, health coverage being a right for all Americans. But every single day, I'll join with other Democrats to make progress how about, how about other Republicans? in our nation for the people that are Why struggling and suffering Why can't they be involved in the conversation? Candidates, how about libertarians? Are we, are we invited? Thanks, George. Since we're here at an or it's just HBCU, your team. I'd like your to start with to decide young black voters. Several recent polls indicate their number one concern is racism. This campus, this state, and this nation are still raw from that racially motivated attack on Latinos in El Paso. Now, we know that the racial divide started long before President Trump and President Obama. Thank you. But each of you on this stage has said that President Trump has made that divide worse. Congressman O'Rourke, coming to you first, why are you the most qualified candidate to address this divide? Watch, you know, they, called watch this as they divide. In no uncertain terms on August 3rd and every day since then. And I was talking about it long before then as well. Racism in America is endemic. It is foundational. We can mark the creation of this country not at the 4th of July, 1776, but August 20th, 1619, when the first kidnapped African was brought to this country against his will and in bondage and as a slave, built the greatness and the success but that wasn't and the country. wealth that neither that he England, nor his descendants God. would ever be able to fully participate in and enjoy. We have to be able to answer this challenge, and it is found in our education system where in Texas, a five-year-old child in kindergarten is five times as likely to be disciplined or suspended or expelled based on the color of their skin. In our healthcare system, where there's a maternal mortality crisis three times as deadly for women of color, or the fact that there's 10 times the wealth in white America than there is in black America, I'm gonna follow Sheila Jackson Lee's lead and sign into law a reparations bill that will allow us to address this at its foundations. But we will also call out the fact that we have a white supremacist in the White House, oh and he God, poses see? a mortal threat to people of color all across this country. The, the division. Secretary oh, oh, hold on. President Trump. He, he, um, he's spreading, he's spreading division. Literally, just like how divisive was that speech? You know, and, uh, I want to commend Bethel for how well he has spoken uh, to the, the passion and the frustration and the sadness after what happened in his hometown of El Paso. He's done a great job with that. Look, um, a few weeks ago, uh, a shooter drove 10 miles inspired by this, pre 10 hours inspired by this president uh, to kill people who look like me and people who look like my family. White supremacy is a growing threat to this country, and we have to root it out. I'm proud that I put forward a plan to disarm hate. I'm also proud that I was the first to put forward a police reform plan. Be because we're not going to have any more Laquan McDonald's or Eric Garner's or Michael Brown's or Pamela Turner's. How about the 50 dead in Chicago this weekend, or guy? Sandra Bland here from the Houston area. We need to Those root out racism. And I believe that we can do that because that doesn't represent the vast majority of Americans who do have a good heart. They also need a leader to match that. And I will be a president that matches that. Senator Booker, you have said, quote, the real question isn't who is or isn't a racist, it's who's going to do something about it. Senator, what do you plan to do about it? Well, first and foremost, I want to hit that point because we know Donald Trump's a racist, but there is no <laughs> red bag of courage for calling him that. If racism exists. The question isn't who, in, who isn't a racist, it's who is and isn't doing something about racism. 
And this is oh not God. just an this issue is that so started crazy, yesterday. Guys. It's not just an issue that we hear a president that can't contemn white supremacy. We have systemic racism that is eroding our nation from healthcare to the criminal justice system. And it's nice to go all the way back to slavery, but dear God, we have a criminal justice. Uh, who was the only, who was the, who was the first president to pass criminal uh, uh, justice reform? That racist supremacist guy that you're talking about right now? Wait, you know, you know, it only took him a year to finally do something. It's the first one in like, what, 30 years? Right? You guys keep talking about this. You're in Congress. You never passed a dick to help criminal justice reform. Not one bill. Do, do you guys not see the irony in that? Am I the only one catching the irony? That is so racially biased, we have more African Americans under criminal supervision today than all the slaves in 1850. We have to come <laughs> I mean, at this issue attacking systemic guy. racism, having the courage to call it out, and having a plan to do something about it. If I am president of the United States, we will create an office in the White House to deal with the problem of white supremacy and hate crimes. And we will make sure that systemic racism is dealt with in substantive plans from criminal justice reform to the disparities in health care to even one that we don't talk about enough, which is the racism that we see in environmental injustice in communities of color all around oh this country. Oh, my God. Struggling with issues around race in your own community. You've also said that anyone who votes to re-elect President Trump is at best looking the other way on racism. Does that sort of talk alienate voters and potentially yeah, deepen divisions in our country? I believe what's deepened divisions in the country is the conduct of this president, and we have a chance to change all of that. Look, systemic racism preceded this president, and even when we defeat him, it will be with us. That's why we need a systemic approach to dismantle it. It's, it's not enough to just take a racist policy, replace it with a neutral one, and expect things will just get better on their own. Harms compound. In the same way that a dollar saved compound, so does a dollar stolen. And we know that the generational theft of the descendants of slaves is part of why everything from housing to education to health to employment basically puts us in two different countries. I have proposed the most comprehensive vision to tackle systemic racism in every one of these areas. Marshalling as many resources as went into the Marshall Plan that rebuilt Europe, but this time a Douglas Plan that we invest right here at home. To make sure that we're not only dealing with things like the over-incarceration of black Americans, but also black solutions. Entrepreneurship, raising to 25% the target for the federal government to do business with minority-owned businesses. We, we Investing in HBCUs no, that okay are that. training and educating the next generation of entrepreneurs. We can and must do that. Why can't we do that for everybody? That means transcending this framework that pits us against each other, that pits a single black mother of three against a displaced auto worker. Because when I come, where I come from, a lot of times that displaced auto worker is a single black mother of three. We've got to say that and bring people together. Yeah. Also right, a concern for people of color is criminal justice reform. Senator Harris, you released your plan for that just this week. And it does contradict some of your prior positions. Like Among always. them, you used to oppose the legalization of marijuana. Now you don't. You used to oppose outside investigations of police shootings, now you don't. You've said that you changed on these and other things because you were, quote, swimming against the current and thankfully the currents have changed. But when you had the power, <laughs> why didn't you try to affect change then? She's gone, dude. So, 
there Kamala have been, Dunn, bro. Um, there have been, I'm glad you asked me this question, sure and there have been many distortions of my record. Let me be very clear. Uh, I made a decision to become a prosecutor for two reasons. To throw a bunch of black One, people in jail, which is what she did? I wanted to protect people and keep them safe. And second, I was born knowing about how this criminal justice system in America has worked in a way that has been informed. Really, she was born knowing, guys. So Kamala Harris, guys, came out of her mommy's fucking vagina knowing exactly how this criminal justice system works at the age of one day, bro. She popped out. She didn't cry. She said, guilty. By racial bias. And I could tell you extensively about the experiences I and my family members have personally had. Yeah, but I made a rich. decision. That if I was going to have the ability to reform the system, I would try to do it from the inside. And so I took on the position that allowed me, without asking permission, to create one of the first in the nation uh, initiatives that was a model and became a national model around people who were arrested for drugs and getting them jobs. I created one of the first in the nation requirements just stop that a state law drugs. enforcement agency would have to wear cameras and keep them on full time. I created I'm one okay of the first that. in the nation trainings for police officer on the issue of racial bias and the need to reform the system. Was I able to get enough done? Absolutely not. But my plan has been described by activists as being a bold and comprehensive plan that is about ending mass incarceration, about taking the profit that, out of the uh, criminal uh, justice system. I plan on shutting down the profit prisons on day one. It will be about what we need to do to hold law enforcement, including prosecutors, accountable. And finally, my plan is about making sure that in America's criminal justice system, we de-incarcerate women and children, that we end solitary confinement, and that we work on keeping families intact. And as president of the United hold States, on. knowing the system from- Did she say she was gonna de-incarcerate women and children? So women get a free pass at crime now? Is that, is that what she's saying? that women get a free pass at crime. So if a woman commits a crime, eh, because, you know, male talks, yeah, hey, hey, there's that patriarchy for you, right? Inside, I will have the ability to be an effective leader and get this job complete. Thank you, Senator Harris. Senator Klobuchar, you during your eight years that? as a prosecutor in Minnesota, there were dozens of incidents where black men were killed by police. Critics say that too often you sided with police in these cases. The ACLU's legal director in Minnesota has said that you showed no interest in racial justice. Do you wish now that you had done more? That's not my record. Yeah, it is. We are here at a historically black college. And I think of an alum of that college, Barbara Jordan, and something that she once said. She said, what the people want is simple. They want a country as good as its promise. And that same can be said of the criminal justice right system. Shaking a little bit here. So when I was there, the way we handled these police shootings, I actually took a stand to make sure outside investigators handled them. I took on our major police chief in Minneapolis. But in the prosecutor's office, they were handled with the grand jury. That's how they were all handled across our state. I now believe it is better for accountability if the prosecutor handles them and makes those decisions herself. That aside... I am proud of the work our staff did, 400 people in our office. The cases that came to us, the African-American community that came to us, they said there was no justice for their little kids. 
There was a kid named Byron Phillips that was shot on his front porch. No one had bothered to figure out who did it. When I came into that office, we worked with the community groups, we put up billboards, we found the shooter, and we put him in jail. We did the same for the killer of a little girl named Taisha Edwards, who was doing her homework at her kitchen table and was shot through the window. Congratulations, What changes did we make? Go after white-collar crimes in a big way. Diversify the office in a big way. Work with the Innocence Project to make sure we do much better with eyewitness ID. And as a senator and as your president, I will make sure that we don't just do the First Step Act when it comes to criminal sentencing, that we move to the Second Step Act, which means the next— Yeah, hold on, hold on. That first— First step back up uh, this racist guy that you that you all have said he's a white supremacist he passed that bill not you him by executive order if i'm not mistaken no no it's not he put it up and you had to vote for it you voted for it because how could you not right but it was his it was his bill his plan i believe it was right after uh kim kim k came and visited the white house right right and and there is a second and, and I, we've already talked about this exact same topic on one of my episodes i don't remember which one and there's that second uh that second step act is already in the process so, so way, way to take control, way, way to take uh, credit for that. Just like you take credit for all of Bernie Sanders' shit. Percent of people that are incarcerated in local and state jails. Let's reduce those sentences for nonviolent offenders and let's get them jobs and let them vote when they get out of prison. Okay Thank you, Senator You all believe that the war on drugs has put too many Americans behind bars. Sure has. Vice President Biden, you have a plan to release many nonviolent drug offenders. From As prison. we should. Senator Booker says that your plan is not ambitious enough. Your response? Well, first of all, let me say that uh, when I came back from law school, I had a job with a great, a a big-time law firm. I left and became a public defender because my state was under siege. When Dr. King was assassinated, we were occupied by the National Guard for 10 months. I've been involved from the beginning. As a young congressman, as a young uh, uh, councilman, I introduced legislation to try to keep them putting a sewer plant in the poor neighborhood. I made sure that we did deal with redlining. Banks should have to lend where they operate, et cetera. The fact of the matter is that what's happened is that we're in a situation now where there are so many people who are in jail and shouldn't be in jail. The whole means by which this should change is the whole model has to change. We should be talking about rehabilitation. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime. I 100% agree. We were in the White House. We released 36,000 people from the federal prison system. Nobody should be in jail for a drug problem. They should be going directly to a rehabilitation. I'd I'd rather rather pay for that. Centers, not prisons. I'd I'd rather pay for that. I'm the guy that put in the the drug courts to divert people from the criminal justice system. And so uh, we have to change the whole way we look at this. And we put people in prison, we have to equip them that when they get out. Nobody in, who got in prison for Absolutely. marijuana, for example, immediately upon being released, they shouldn't be in there for a mister. That should be a misdemeanor. They should be out and their record should be expunged. Every single right should be returned. When you finish your term in prison, you should be able not only vote, but have access to Pell Grants, have access to be able to get housing, Absolutely. have access to be able move along the way. I've laid out a detailed plan along those lines. And the fact is, we've learned so much more. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Senator Broker, 45 seconds to respond. Um, That was a great answer for Joe. Our criminal justice system is so savagely broken. There's no difference in America between blacks, whites, and Latinos for using drugs or dealing drugs. If you're African-American, you're almost four times more likely to be arrested and incarcerated. What are you doing on that? What what else are you doing? So much of this comes down to privilege. We have a criminal justice system that Brian Stevenson says treats you better if you're rich and guilty than yep. if you're poor yep. and innocent. Okay, I'm glad you said it. And thank so- you. Thank you. Thank thank you. That was uh he he said it right there perfectly. 
there's a there's a it's not about white and black guys it's about money and not money it's class it's class privilege it's not white privilege it's class privilege versus non-class privilege challenge this whole field we can specifically and demonstrably now show that there are 17,000 people unjustly incarcerated in America, and all of us should come forward and say, when we are president of the United States, when I am president of the United States, we will release them. And let me be specific. I joined together and led in the United States Senate the only major bipartisan bill passed under this president for criminal justice reform Thank that you, has sir. already led to thousands of people coming out of jail. If 87 members of the United States Senate says that these sentences are way too long, and we changed it, but we didn't make it retroactive. We could literally point to the people that are in jail unjustly right now. Yep. Everyone on this stage should say that we are going to give clemency to these 17,000 people. And I challenge you, don't just say big statements. Back it up with details of the people in prison right now looking for one of the most sacrosanct ideals of this nation, which is liberty, liberty and, baby. Freedom. and freedom. We need to reform this Absolutely. system. Real liberty, and we though, must guy. do it now. Every Thank day you, we Senator wait Booker. is too long. Come from a libertarian. I'm you, all Lisa. about liberty, guy. I want to Real turn liberty, to the deadly though, bro. mass shootings here in this country, and of course, we are all mindful tonight of where we stand. We are here in Texas tonight, where 29 people have lost their lives in just the last month alone. El Paso, which we've discussed in Odessa, and I know there are survivors from El Paso right here in the hall tonight. Vice President Biden, I do want to direct this to you because we all remember Sandy Hook. 26 people died in that school, 20 of them children. Those first graders would be in eighth grade today. At the time, there was a groundswell in this country to get something done. President Obama asked you to lead the push for gun control. You have often pointed to your ability to reach across the aisle to get things done. But four months after Sandy Hook, a measure to require expanded background checks died on the Senate floor. If you couldn't get it done after Sandy Hook, why should voters give you another chance? Because the guy's done before. I'm the only one up here who's ever beat the NRA. Done before. Only one ever beat the NRA nationally. <laughs> I'm the guy that brought the Brady Bill into, into, into focus and became law. And so that's number one. Number two, after Sandy Hook, a number of things happened. It went from a cause to a movement. Look what's happened now. Mothers. The organization, Mothers Against Violence, this, what, what gun violence. We've seen what's happened again. Now we have all these young people marching on Washington, making sure that things are going to change. There has been a sea change. Those proposals I put forward for the president had over 50 percent of, of gun, of gun of members of the NRA supporting them, and overwhelmingly the rest of the people supporting them. Now the numbers are much higher because they realize what I've been saying and we've all been saying is correct. Over 90 percent of the American people think we have to get assault weapons off the street, period, and we have to get buybacks and get them out of their basements. So, so the point is, things have changed, and things have changed a lot. And now what's happening is, and by the way, the way Beto handled, excuse me for saying Beto, what Congressman... That's the, all right. That sounds good. <laughs> the way he handled what happened in his hometown is meaningful. To look in the eyes of those people, to see those kids, to understand those parents, you understand the heartache. But this we is the are problem. ready to do this. Thank you. Mr. Vice President, this thank you. you. You did bring up assault weapons here. You did bring up assault weapons here, and many of you on this stage have talked about executive orders. Senator Harris, you have said that you would take executive action on guns within your first 100 days, including right. banning She's imports of AR-15 assault weapons. That's right. President Obama, after Sandy Hook, more than 23 executive actions, and yet here we all are today. In recent days, former Vice President Biden has said about executive orders. 
you, you hear that, guys, right? The the the, the party that is all about uh, power to the people. Uh, 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 everyone's authoritarian. The other side's authoritarian. Twenty three executive actions taken on one thing. That means Congress not doing, not passing nothing. So I'll do it myself. Because you know, I'll just bypass the American voice. We talked about it. What does the president do? Head of the states. Right, your voice is in in your state. It's in your legislator, and they're just like, eh, eh, we don't need the legislator. Eh, executive action. Eh, we're not authoritarians. Eh, we're not going to tell you what to do. Eh. And she and she's one of the worst, dude. Kamala Harris is one of the worst, dude. She's going to take everything from you. She's going to ban everything from you. Really talented people are seeking the nomination. They said, I'm going to issue an executive order. Biden saying there's no constitutional authority to issue that executive order when they say I'm going to eliminate assault weapons, saying you can't do it by executive order any more than Trump can do things when he says he can do it by executive order. Does the vice president have a point there? Some things yep. you can. Many things you can't. <laughs> Let's let the senator answer. Well, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe. Instead of saying no, we can't. Let's say yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. Instead of saying, instead of saying uh, no, we can't. No one. Just, just, dude, dude. That's fucking so telling. Hey, Joe, come on. Let me laugh this off. Cause I said something stupid. Let's don't say no, we can't. Just like you know, overstep the Constitution. Literally, just trample on it and do whatever the fuck we want. Let's say yes, we can to the people. Let's tell them we can do whatever the fuck we want. Duh. Constitutional. <laughs> we got a constitution. And yes, we can, because I'll tell you something. The way that I think about this is... Um, you don't, you're, you don't, it doesn't matter what you think about it. I've seen more autopsy photographs than I care to tell you. So what? I have Anadol. attended more police officer funerals than I care to tell you. So what? I have hugged more mothers of homicide victims than I care to tell you. So what? And the idea that we would wait for this Congress, which has just done nothing. You're in Congress. To act. It's just, it, it, is, it is overlooking the fact that every day in America, our babies are going to school to have drills, elementary, middle, and high school students, where they are learning about how they have to hide. Yeah, and those, uh, and those shooters, you know, they're going through those same drills, so they know now, ah, uh ah. -huh. Oh, I just got to stand in this hallway. I could pick off all the kids. Hmm, maybe we shouldn't have drills. In a closet or crouch in a corner if there is a mass shooter roaming the hallways of their school. I was talking about this at one of my town halls, and, 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 and this child, it was eight years old probably, oh, came up God, to me. It was like it was stories. a secret between the two of us, and he tugged on my jacket, and he said, I had to have one of those drills. It is traumatizing our children. El Paso. So stop doing it. God loves stop you. Stop telling them they're going to die so all the time. In the midst of that tragedy. You know, people asked me in El Paso, they said, you know, because I have a longstanding record on this issue. They said, well, do you think Trump um, is responsible for what happened? And I said, well, look. Of course I mean, he obviously is. he didn't yeah. pull the trigger, but he's certainly been tweeting out the ammunition. Okay, of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. Harris, thank you. He's responsible for murder now, guys. Murder. What I said was, the question, speak to constitutional scholars. If, in fact, we could say, by the way, you can't own the following weapons, period. It cannot be sold anymore. 
Check with constitutional scholars. Uh, now, Mr. Vice President, John, thank you. Congressman O'Rourke, I want to come to you on this. I'm going to work down the road here, but I do want to come to Congressman O'Rourke because I know this is personal to you. El Paso is your hometown. Some on this stage have suggested a voluntary buyback for guns in this country. You've gone further. Good you said, quote, that. Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to... Hold on, think of, uh, so a voluntary buyback, that means you, the taxpayer, buys the gun back. And then you're going to give that... <clears throat> And they're going to give that gun to the one group who's responsible for more murder than anyone else. That's governments. Even ours. How about we do a background check on them? Eh, well, I do my little background check and I see all kinds of shit going down all over the world. Killing people with guns. Dude, maybe I don't want my government to have guns. Can I buy theirs? to Food the government, thought. all of them. You know the critics call this confiscation. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am. If it's a weapon that was designed to I kill am. people how? on a battlefield. So we'll, we'll, so we'll go in, someone, the millions and millions and millions and millions of gun owners who have never committed any crime at all, you know these violent ones that, they, that you guys all just got done saying need to be taken out of jail, so they're nonviolent criminals, right? Right? You're proposing that we're gonna kick in their door with violence and guns and steal their guns. And maybe if they don't turn them in, even throw them in jail. But I thought we we're gonna release all nonviolent jail people. And they all have rights restored. There's a big right. It's the second one they decided to write into the Constitution. And it has absolutely zero to do with hunting. If the high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers, when we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, mm -hmm. and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. I got the handgun. That would do the same thing, guys. And I want to say this. About that 50 cal sniper. I'm listening to the people of this country. The day after I proposed doing that, I went to a gun show in Conway, Arkansas, sure to did. meet with those who are selling AR-15s and AK-47s and those who are buying those weapons. And you might be surprised there was some common ground there. Folks who said, I would willingly give that up, cut it to pieces. I don't need this weapon to hunt, to defend myself. It is a weapon of war. So it's let's do the right thing, but let's bring everyone in America AR into the conversation. In war, Republicans, guys. Democrats, it's gun owners, and non-gun owners alike. Make a point? Which is one of the weakest you. rifles I, I want to bring have. in Senator Klobuchar on this, because you've often talked about your uncle and the proud hunters back home in Minnesota. So I wanted to get your response to Congressman O'Rourke tonight. Where do you gun, stand on mandatory gun I'm, buybacks? I'm gunless. I so appreciate what the congressman's been doing. And I want to remind Don't people here that I what unites us Take is so much bigger than what divides us. Everyone up here favors an assault weapon ban. What does that Everyone even mean? Everyone up here favors 
magazine limitations, which, by the way, would have made a huge difference if that was in place in El Paso yeah, in that whole, store where all second those for me to drop a clip and throw another showed one in such it. extraordinary courage. And certainly in Dayton, Ohio, where in 30 seconds, one man guns down innocent people. The cops got there in one minute, and it still wasn't enough to save those people. That's what unites us. You know what else unites us? And I'll tell you this. What unites us is that right now on Mitch McConnell's desk are three bills. Universal background checks, closing the Charleston loophole, and passing my bill to make sure that domestic abusers don't get AK-47. We're going to get right. something done. And I personally think we should start with right a voluntary, guns, voluntary cool buyback that. program. That's what I think, David. But I want to finish this, because if you want action now, if you want action now, we got to send the message to Mitch McConnell. We can't wait until one of us gets in the White House. We have to pass those bills right now to get this done. Senator because Klobuchar. we cannot spare another innocent life. Thank you. Thank you. I want to turn to Senator Booker because you have said just this week about guns and about the candidates on this stage that the differences do matter. Those were your words. You have argued if you need a license to drive a car in this country, you should have a license to buy a gun. Gun owners would not only have to pass a background check, they would have to obtain a federal... Hold on, guys. Just, just so we can stop this nonsense um, and this dumbass fucking argument that everyone likes to use. Oh, you need a license to drive. Uh, driving is not a right. Driving is a privilege. Okay. Now, I don't think you should even have to have a license to drive. How about that one? As a libertarian, the government. Why does the government regulate if I can, uh, if I can move and produce? You know, you need to be somewhere to feed your family. I need to be at a job. Why do I have to, why does the government have to, why do I have to pay a fee to the government to have that right? That's all that is. I mean, you're an adult. Did you, did it really, was it really hard to learn how to drive? I mean, was it really that difficult? Is it something that we don't think people as a society could figure out themselves? So, so the irony is, and my point is driving is a privilege, even though, even though it shouldn't be anything, it should just be just drive. Um, but gun ownership is a right. So you're talking about a privilege versus a right. And this is where this kind of talk gets dangerous because these politicians like to muddle those grounds. Because when you muddle the ground, when you muddle, muddy the grounds, muddy the water, it um, it makes it easy for you to want to give up your right. You have to remember that not everyone lives in a city. Not everyone lives with 35, 45, 55, 100 people around them in a little neighborhood with a police station five minutes down the road. There is a big portion of this country, and I know everyone likes to forget about it, flying over country, right? There's a large portion of good people, people who grow your food, people who do a lot of good things for this country who do not live in these crowded uh, uh, metropolis uh, places that, that have access to quick responses to police. Now you're telling those people that they no longer have, because, you know, driving, they don't have a right to defend their family if it takes 20 minutes for a cop to get there. But someone just, so someone kicks in my door, you just got to be like, cool. Fucking take everything, kill me, rape me, murder me. I thought we're trying to protect people here. Right versus a privilege. ...to buy a gun. This would require, as you know, Congress to pass legislation. If Democrats can't get universal background checks, how would you get this done? And can you name one Republican colleague and of I'm yours okay in the Senate right checks. now who would be on board with this idea? 
So background checks. They got, they got to be, they got to be tailored. Gun right. licensing. These are agreed to by overwhelmingly the majority of Americans. Eighty-three yeah, percent of Americans with agree with licensing. This is the issue. Look, I grew up in the suburbs. Okay it was about license, 20 years ago that I came out of my home when I moved to inner city Newark, New Jersey, and witnessed the aftermath of a shooting. It's one of the reasons why shooting after shooting after shooting in neighborhoods like mine for decades, this has been a crisis for me. It's why I was the first person to come out for gun licensing. And I'm happy that uh, people yeah, like most Federal guns were are illegal, showing guy. such courage now. So you think they're going to get a license? And also now supporting licensing. And, and. But, uh, uh, real quick, I know I know this is getting late on this episode, and, and we're gonna cut it off here. The part one for soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, if having a uh, uh, having to have a license to vote is racist, right? They tell you that all the time. That's a racist policy that's gonna disproportionately affect minorities and poor people who have no access of going somewhere and getting a license. But hey, hey, you over there, uh, you need a license now to. Uh, for another right of yours, and that's to own a, a firearm. So let me ask you, Mr. Cory Booker and the rest of the panel, if I was asking the questions, my follow-up question to B would be is, uh, is that a racist policy? Because wouldn't having to get a license disproportionately affect minorities and um, people of poverty? How would they? I thought these people struggled to get licenses and IDs. So what are you saying that you you're okay with white people who have access getting weapons but not black people? Sounds kind of racist to me. And if we're going to use your terms, what I'm sorry about, I'm sorry that it had to take issues coming to my neighborhood or personally affecting Beto to suddenly make us demand change. This is a crisis of empathy in our nation. We are never going to solve this crisis if we have to wait for it to personally affect us or our neighborhood or our community before we demand action. You want to know how we get this done? We get this done by having a more courageous empathy where people don't wait for this hell to visit upon their communities. They stand up and understand the truth of what King said, that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I will lead change on this issue because I have seen what the carnage creates in communities like mine, because we forget national shootings, these, these mass shootings are tragedies, but the majority of the homicide victims come from neighborhoods Absolutely. like mine. Nobody Absolutely. has ascended to the White House and will yeah, bring and more no, personal passion hey, on that. this issue. Absolutely. I will fight this and bring a fight to the NRA and the corporate gun lobby like they have never seen. Hey, let's get rid of all lobbying in general. Though, because get, Americans watching that. tonight know Problem the reality solved. of Congress in Washington. I asked, do you have a Republican colleague in the Senate who would be on board with this idea to get this done? You know, if, if that was the attitude when Strom Thurmond had the longest filibuster ever on civil rights, if it was this idea that we can't get it done because of the situation in the Senate, I'm looking to lead a movement. The number one reason why governments are formed is to protect the citizenry. Think about this. We have had more people die due to gun violence in my lifetime than every single war in this country combined from the Revolutionary War till now. This is not a side issue to me. It is a central issue to me. That is the kind of fight because the majority of homicide victims, we have a mass shooting every single day in communities like mine. 
We must awaken a more courageous empathy in this country so that we stand together and fight together and overwhelm those Republicans who are not even representing their constituency because the majority of Americans, the majority of gun owners agree with me, not the corporate gun lobby. It is time for a movement on this issue and I will lead it. Senator Booker, thank you. Senator Warren, I want to come to you next because you have actually said in recent days that there are things that can get done with Republicans in the Senate. What can you get done on gun control? So let's start by framing the problem the right way. We have a gun violence problem in this country. The mass shootings are terrible but they get all the headlines. Children die every day on yep. streets, in neighborhoods, yep. on playgrounds. Yep. People die from violence, from suicide and domestic abuse. We have a gun violence problem in this country. And we agree we have a on problem. many steps we could take to fix Let me correct her. We have a violence problem, guys. We, we, and, and it boils down to it's not see here we are as the government this is what government likes to do we're gonna we're gonna fix the end result we're not gonna fix the real issue the real issue is not the guns the real issue is we have a violence issue and so well, okay well why are people being violent well because people are struggling there are some neighborhoods where people struggle to eat there's they struggle to house themselves they have poor access to mental health facilities they have poor educations and they have no system in place to give them a good education that's the problem. That's why people become violent, right? And, and there's just the and there's off the offshoots where people are just born. And they're kind of just a little bit more violent, uh, uh, have a propensity to violence. Um, it's not the gun. It's the human. It's the person. It's the individual. So they're going to try to uh, solve the end result, but they're not going to stop violence. Well, the the problem is violence. The problem is not the gun. No, the problem is the violence. How are we going to help these people? In the right way, the real way, the way they need the help. They don't need their gun taken away. They need a mental health facility to go to and talk to somebody. They need someone to care. They need someone to give them a, a proper education. Teach them how to pay taxes. Teach them how to get a job. Teach them how to be productive. Teach them how to better themselves. Not just teach them that they're a victim and that you can't do anything without me. You're so poor, you're so shit, you're so talentless that you need Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris to come in and save you. Do you believe that? Do you feel that way? Do you feel helpless? Do you feel that you're not that you're incapable? Or do you feel there's a system above you that's not giving you the proper tools for success? And I'm almost going to guarantee it's the latter, not the former. You don't need these people to come in and save you guys. Because they're all saying the wrong thing. They don't want to save you. They want you to be a victim. They want you to keep sucking on the government teat. While you basically become their slave. So that they can get rich and money and live these beautiful lives and tell you, you can't fucking fly around an airplane. And you can't drive a car. You're too much. You, you have too much carbon emission, guy. While I jet send around the country and the world. Lead by example. Stop being the pharmaceutical company. Don't treat the uh, symptom. Treat the disease. 
My view on this is we're gonna not, it's not gonna be one and done on this. We're gonna do it and we're gonna have to do it again and we're gonna have to come back some more until we cut the number of gun deaths in this country significantly. But here's the deal, the question we need to ask is when we've got this much support across the country, 90% of Americans want to see us do, I like registration. Man, don't believe, polls are uh, bullshit. Want to see us do background sorry, checks. Polls are bullshit. assault weapons off the ground, Who off you the streets. Why Where doesn't you it happen? And the answer is corruption, pure and simple. We have a Congress that is beholden You're in Congress. to the gun industry. And unless we're willing to address that head on and roll back the filibuster, we're not going to get anything done on guns. Uh -huh, I was here we go in again. Let's roll Senate back the thing that stops people from passing bullshit laws. Said, let's do background checks. Let's get rid of assault weapons. And with 54 senators, it failed because of the filibuster. Until we attack the systemic problems, we can't get gun reform in this country. We've got to go straight against the industry and we've got to change Congress so it doesn't just work for the wealthy and well-connected, so it works for the people. Senator Warren, thank you. You bring up eliminating the filibuster, which means you would need simply a all right, guys, I'm going to stop this one here right there. I think that's the end of the gun gun debate. Let's stop it right there. It's a, it's a good transition. we got a little bit of time left for the part two, and I don't want this one to go on too quickly. So um, uh, I hope you enjoyed so far. Remember, while I'll be finishing this recording right now, you'll be getting part two released via a Thursday special release. Um, if you don't get to part two, we'll be back uh, at our normal time next Monday. Till then... Remember that the world is full of good people. If you can't find one, be one. I'll catch you on the flip side. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion.